archaeologists believe they may have uh, found uh, what they consider the first customer complaint. You know, men, humans, have been looking for respect for a long time. This is a cuneiform clay tablet from, from what we call our rock today. Uh, it's dated around 1750 B.C. That would be about the time that Joseph was in, in Egypt. All right? And this is, a, this is a, where a customer, the customer's name is Nanny, and he sends a Nasir a message with this clay tablet because a shipment of copper ore that he received was of an inferior grade. Here's what part of the message reads. I don't read cuneiform, but they've translated it. When you came, you said to me as follows, I will give Gimme Sin, when he comes, fine quality copper ingots. You left then, but you did not do what you promised to me. You put ingots which were not good before my messenger and said, if you want them, take them. Take them. If you don't want them, go away. What do you take me for? You treat me so with such contempt. Is there any among, among, anyone among the merchants who trade with Telmon who has treated me in this way? You alone treat my messenger with contempt. How, you, how, how have you treated me for the copper? You have withheld my money back from me in enemy territory. And now it is up to you to restore to me my money in full. He's mad, isn't he? You can kind of feel the anger. I mean, that's a 4,000-year-old cry for respect, isn't it? Hey, since the beginning of time, God has wanted our respect. In the Garden of Eden, <laughs> the, the one rule, don't eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Just one rule. They didn't respect God enough to obey it. The people were evil all over the land. You know, Noah was told, I want you to build an ark out of gopher wood. He wasn't told to build it out of pine. He wasn't told to build it out of oak. He wasn't told to build it out of cedar. He was told to build it out of gopher wood. If, if Noah had built it out of pine, would it have floated? You see, Noah did... It says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 1, that he did everything that God wanted. You get to the children of Israel in the desert, and we've studied about them and studied about them and studied about them over and over and over and over again. God just, He wants them to respect Him enough to obey Him. And over and over and over and over again. I mean, He gives them specific instructions on how to worship. I want you to worship this way. You know, we were talking about it in 1 Kings chapter 13. He gave the man of God, uh, the prophet, the man of God from Judah, He gave him explicit instructions. Don't eat anything while you're up there in Bethel. Don't drink anything while you're up there in Bethel. And, and come to the house when you get done. And what does the guy do? He lingers for a little while. And he has an old prophet trick him. The old prophet lies to him and says, Oh, well, God told me to tell you that you can come over and you can eat and drink at my house. He got tricked. He got lied to. But it was his own fault because he disobeyed God. And we might think, well, that's just, that's not right. That's not right. He got tricked. As we talked about this morning in Matthew chapter 21, God has wanted respect all this time. 
And he tells, he, he, and Jesus tells the parable in, in Matthew chapter 21 of the parable of the wicked vine dressers. He says there was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He, he watered it. It was tended. It was a beautiful vineyard. And he left it with the vine dressers. Then later on, he, he sent some servants down to check on the land. Tell them he's coming back to get the payment that he was owed. And, and the, the, his servants are killed. They killed some, uh, beat others. Finally, he said, I'll send my son. Surely they'll respect my son. But they saw the son coming and the vine dresser said, Oh, look, here's the son. Here's the son. Let's kill him and then we'll get the inheritance. Jesus ends it with, what do you think they're going to do to the vine dressers? What do you think the owner of the field is going to do to the vine dressers? What do you think God is going to do to us when we don't obey His Word in the end of time? Well, He's like, well, that's okay. Ah, you did your best. You were a good person. Ah, that's okay. I know, I know that you wanted to. I know that you, were, you weren't given the breaks. You, you never really heard the truth. And so, ah, you know. It's okay. Come on in to heaven. Is that, has that been what God has always done over and over and over again? No, no, no. What God has always done over and over and over again is He's held to His Word. And when He says something, He does it. If we don't obey God, we'll be lost. Let me, let me just point it out just, just for a second. Turn over to Ephesians. Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. Why do we sing? Okay? Why do we have a singing? It got me to thinking about this. Why do we have a singing? You know? Why are we all singing right now? Just let's just look at this. Ephesians chapter 5. We're supposed to be walking in wisdom here in Ephesians chapter 5. And it says that we're in verse 19, we're supposed to be speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And when we don't do that, we disobey God. Remember, Jesus was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. John chapter 1, verse 1. In John chapter 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us for a while. So these are. this is Jesus. Okay, go ahead, and, go ahead and say it. It's Jesus. We're reading what Jesus wants us to know. And He wants us to speak to one another. That's a command. That's command language. That's not some... Well, you know, you can, you, can, you can sing if you want to. You can sing if you want to. You can listen to a band if you want to. Just go ahead and do that. Don't, you don't have to worry about singing. Just listen to a band. That's not what He says to us. We're all supposed to sing. If we don't do that, what's going to be the end of us? Turn over to Colossians. Let's look over there. Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Again, another command to sing. I'm just using this one example. There are so many examples of, of ways that, you know, when you're baptized, that's, not the, that's the beginning. It's not the end. There are so many things that we as Christians need to keep doing. Are we doing them? This is a command. And it's so sad. It was so sad to me. This is personal. It gets personal. A little bit personal. I'm not mad, though. I promise you I'm not mad. Okay? 
Not a mean bone in my body right now. But I was hurt. I was very sad this morning. When after I preached on respect and how much we should respect God, and I looked out there at the audience, and you, did you notice me pacing? Because there were so many who weren't singing. Why do we sing? Because we respect God. We love God. We want to please God. It's not for my benefit. Please don't do it on my account. If you don't sing, that's on you. I was saddened this morning. But you know what would make my heart glad? If you'd repent. If you'd repent. And you do what God says and obey Him. If you need to be baptized, why not tonight? If you need to make things right with the Lord and everybody else here, why not tonight? Come right now, because together we stand inside.